0: We speak with the President of Shooters Union Australia, Graham Park, about gun bans and what we can do about them. key thing in the Australian experience is that if you remove uh, these lethal automatic and semi-automatic weapons, the murder rate from the use of guns
1: does decline. Welcome to the Go News Australia podcast. It's the podcast for Australian shooters you just what the political interferers taking out of shooting.
0: And welcome to another episode of Gun News Australia. And uh, a reminder, this is being live streamed on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, and the audio version of this will be out soon. Uh, plus, by joining us through YouTube, you get to see our videos whenever they're posted to the channel. So subscribe there if you haven't already done so. And I have Graham Park from Shooters Union with me. How are you doing, Graham?
1: very well neil thank you so much for the invitation uh, looking forward to uh, uh discussing all things guns
0: mm. yep yep and that's what we're gonna be doing every every week actually uh we actually got off to a pretty quick start we we're gonna actually promise that we we're gonna to try to do this weekly in 2024 we actually got off to a fairly early start around christmas and haven't stopped so um, because the content's been there so we've just um, kept going now last week we had uh, a podcast on appeal rights and i just gave a bit of a, a introduction really to the the story that got into the media the last few days about pump action rifles and this really was uh, some anti-gun groups who were arguing that they should be banned because you can cycle them quickly and that came out unfortunately from a a video that had been posted online where somebody showed that and it was just highly part of the reason why what i Cover in more detail this week, is to talk about the broader story about gun bans and what, what's sort of driving them and where it's going. But also, I think, talk about some of the sensitivities around posting this sort of stuff online, because this is very reminiscent of how the ban on or the reclassification of lever Action Shotgun started, where there was a video online showing how quickly you could you could uh, shoot them. So, look, what are your thoughts about that, uh, those sort of videos, Graham?
1: Um, well, I, we... we... I really, whilst there are some idiotic videos on YouTube uh, of all sorts surrounding from anything from cats to guns, uh, I'm of the view that the anti-gunners are going to do what they're going to do. They hate guns, anything out there. And why do we, we don't need to act like FUDs around? I mean, one of the purposes of having a pump or a lever gun is because it's faster. They're generally slightly less accurate. That's why they're not using comp- in, say, target, high-level target competition. They're better for hunting. Um, I use one certainly on our farm and stuff for that rather than a bolt gun because I can get off a second shot or a, something um, at, at a mob of pigs or whatever it is or if I miss the first time. And so I don't have a real issue with people um, trying to show that too much. I think we've got to address, I think people are going to do it anyway. And while sometimes I must admit I do this, you know, and inwardly grown, I think the bigger problem is, is these anti-gun extremists.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I think, I mean, I don't want to be overly sensitive to it either. I mean, because we can't spend our lives, you know, hiding from, from this.
1: We, we don't need to educate them but we don't need that probably we don't need to go out to deliberately aggravate them either
0: i think it's the extent like if you're doing it really just um for speed for the sake of speed that's one thing but yeah. to, uh, when it comes to the actual uh, practical uses of those guns that's a different thing in in my view yeah. um but it's just unfortunate that
1: these these anti-gun extremists would have a fit if they saw an ipsc match or a western action match in action where people take an 1873 peacemaker and make it sound like a darn machine gun. It goes so fast. Or they take a 1911 or a CZ or something mm. and it's going, bak, bak, bak. You know, I mean, it's fast and it's great and it's part of the sport and you can't compete. And no one thinks anything of it, but they carry on. They know they wouldn't get any public support and I think you're going to find there's about zero public support for their any moves on guns and things like that. That's not to say they won't pursue it, but I'm talking about they're not getting the public on side. They didn't get the public on side with the Adler despite a massive campaign. Yeah. And all that the states did is enact a bunch of Clayton's laws, which I mean moving something from A to B what does that achieve? It makes you know, you know, anti Gunner who would look down the barrel, you know, uh, happy
0: it was yeah, they're trying to reach a halfway point where, where there was this outrage, but they didn't really want to ban it. Um, so they kept,
1: yeah. as you said, with well, they, didn't want, they didn't want to pay out any money yeah. to anyone. And if you think about Adler shotguns, there were so few of them in comparison to pump guns. Pump guns have been yeah. around an awfully long time. I mean, uh, it's not just the, the Remington, but the, the Remington's probably, well, definitely the most prevalent. And that gun's been sold for 50 Plus years in this country, and it was there when they did the NFA, and they knew it was there. It was there when they updated the NFA in 2017. So uh, to say it's a loophole or anything else, they're they're, they're playing with themselves. I mean, they're just they're, they're kidding. And when you look at who they brought into those media things, it was guys and girls that haven't been around. I mean, really, you roll out some of these people, um, you know. Even John Howard wouldn't buy into it. If you watch the interview closely with him, and and I'll get back to watching it, I'm going to suggest no one watch it. But if you did, which I guess Neil and I had to for reference purposes, but if you did, um, he was really avoiding saying they should be banned or anything. He didn't want to go there. He wanted to protect his legacy. How do you take 25, 27 years of standing up in public and telling people, We've got the greatest gun laws in the world. They've saved squillions of lives. And then you turn around the next day and you go, oh, my God, it's a pump gun. We should. I mean, seriously, how do you take a person, anyone that buys into that seriously? How can you take them seriously? They've got no credibility, except the government people give them credibility and we give them credibility by watching Mm -hmm. crap and, and I've sadly what we saw last week was a bunch of panic members calling up. Um, sadly, they were all members who own a pump gun. I'd love it if some people who didn't own one were concerned because there's no self-interest, they're more interested in the bigger picture. But we had a bunch of people calling up, as did other organizations, all panic. And really, if, if, if you stop and think about it, it's it's much harder than they think. To do this, there's not a state in Australia where it wouldn't require a large effort. And there's so many of them out there, they're going to have to, um, if they did it, have massive compensation. There's no state government in Australia who wants to spend any money on compensation. But you understand they hate guns. They hate plastic replicas. They hate gel blasters. They hate anything that's like a gun. And they just want to get rid of us. They don't want you to exist, Neil. They don't want you to exist. They don't want Shooters' Union to exist. They don't want Politics Reloaded to exist. They don't want the SSAA to exist. They don't want the Clay Target people to exist. They don't want us to exist. We're an inconvenience to them because we show the reality that well, well over a million Australians safely participate in the shooting sports and own firearms, own more than four million legally owned firearms, and there's probably another two million illegally owned out there. And you know what? More people die in this country falling off chairs and tables every year than they do from firearms. We don't have a problem with it, except in the mind of these extremists. And they are extremists. Whether they call themselves gun safety, this is or that, that is a furphy from how they can look themselves in the mirror. Most of them wouldn't know where the safety is on a gun. Excuse me.
0: No, that's okay there's a guy called tom gresham who uh, david actually oh, uh, yeah who talks yeah, he's about a
1: very good friend of our vice president i mean they are yes, really yep. good buddies. And,
0: and and he asks you know these gun safety advocates you know what gun safety courses do they run Zero. have you ever
1: actually shot a gun do you have a gun license um have you done a gun safety course how what's your familiarity because i can tell you we can provide you with real gun safety experts
0: I'm going to pull up a comment now, and I was not going to touch on this, um, but you have also talked in the past about that we don't have a gun we problem. We do have a gun problem. problem. We've got a political problem. We've got a political problem.
1: Yes. We have a political problem. That's a very good way of saying it, Neil. You did an article on it recently in Politics Reloaded. And if we don't have a gun problem. We have a political problem and we have a media problem, but the media problem yeah. is really related to the political. So we have a political problem, not a gun problem.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a food chain here. I think it starts with the politicians because what they say gets consumed by the, the media and public consumes that. Uh, and the other thing about all this talk is how it, it ends up being policy, where it becomes policy. It, it's, the whole thing's becoming very blurred i mean we've got categories they're supposed to be in concrete they're supposed to be clear and predictable and with reclassification and and reactions like this it's really just starting to blur the boundaries to the point where it's going to become impossible to actually say there are categories if, if they want to blur the boundaries
1: uh, that's the thing what's the point well categories were always fairly silly i mean maybe you have a category between long arms and handguns or something, Uh, but handguns are a little bit more popular with the criminal element. But um, realistically, all this categorisation, how far do you want to go? Uh, You get like the handgun situation in Australia where they've got categories within categories and it's silly.
0: Hey Shooters, we just want to thank you for your support for Gun News Australia. If you're enjoying the show and want to help us continue with great podcasts, why not consider a donation or become a subscriber? You can do both at politicsreloaded.com. It it doesn't stop there. There was a move in Victoria, which I'm going to talk about now if I can, uh, before we get into the what do we do about it type thing, uh, where a few months ago I I put a story. In fact, in November, uh, November I put a story up where I referred to a move in victoria to reclassify well i'm not sure if they, if they said reclassify but they have got to ban bolt action
1: shotguns oh like the lever release and things or uh
0: this I, I put an article out for um for this but this is only a victoria thing uh, and it comes down to this that the the act- the police minister in parliament uh he actually introduced a bill so it's actually going to probably end up going through in some form and it'll end up being a lever action type thing where they'll reclassify the five shots and all that. Cause it makes sense to, if you're going to do it, do, do it the same way. But he, the minister was talking about, uh, the, the, the condition, the special conditions that relate to this use of gun will be that a licensee cannot possess carry, use a detach, the bold action shotgun, uh, with a detachable magazine, a greater than five shots. He said, this is a proactive community safety reform to limit the ability of opportunistic misuse of bold action shotguns, opportunistic misuse. Now, if that's becoming the policy basis to determine what you do with a gun, that's, wow, that's so open-ended.
1: Yes, exactly. Mis, misuse of any firearm, in fact, many other items, misuse of a motor vehicle is a criminal event. Uh, so it is with firearms, that's a... I think it's sort of an insane statement. He he didn't even refer to any incidents. So
0: there was nothing that actually happened that led to this. And the the second, the second leg of it will be, uh, is, is that the, we've got a letter from the chief of staff, from the minister's office where they actually uh, said the VFCC, which is the Victorian firearms consultative committee and subcommittee include representatives from peak firearm hunting and sports shooting bodies, academics, firearm safety advocates, and Victoria Police. Now, you're talking about, with hunting and shooting organisations, you're talking about Field & Game, Australian yep. Deer Association, WWA. I was on the committee years and years ago, uh, so they were consult, consulted on the bill. Now, it's double assured because, you know, it, 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 that they will say if they actually uh, speak up publicly about uh, stuff that's going through the committee at the time then they'll lose their seat around the table and they won't have they won't have any eyes and ears in government what's going on i can understand that but now this is in the public domain the bill is in parliament those organizations haven't still haven't said anything about this they still haven't commented on this bill where these where they're going to go after the bold action shotguns uh, and i i really see that i can understand why they don't really want to rock the boat but i think they actually have to drop the bike because this is policy on the run
1: well it's it's silliness because if you if you really look at it it all goes back to the fact they don't like the look of some of these shotguns is mm. what this comes to and okay if they want to say that a, a detachable magazine like more than five rounds or whatever okay well the practicality is if you've got a one and you put a ten or fifteen shot magazine there, you know you can basically rest it on the ground and shoot it at about fifteen shots. It's yeah. so long, but it's just the way they do it is so sh- silly, and it's it's almost like a kiddie game rather than being transparent and working with the groups effectively. And they don't uh, firearm safety advocates. We know who they are. That's that's code in Australia right now for anti-gun extremists.
0: You can name all two of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They meet in a phone yeah. box, but they get plenty of money from certain people, and the government departments meet with them. Um, I'll give you one. Yesterday, the Tasmanian Police Commissioner, off her own bat, decides that all antique firearms in Tasmania, which like Victoria and other states, is pre-1900. Yeah. Uh, all of them will now have to be, you will have to have a firearms license, they'll be registered, uh, how, how the hell, like, if you got a $100,000 antique and you're going to put a serial number in it and ruin the value, I don't know, uh, and they have to be stored in a safe. They've just destroyed the value of people's collections. And how silly. I mean, this, this gets into Monty Python territory that these these people are doing. I mean it really does i mean if you made a if you made a movie at it we'd have john cleese you know as the police commissioner is, is the gun really dead you know i mean it's, it's so silly now
0: it, it's it's random it's, it, it, this is the thing that forget about whether you love love or hate guns this is such now a random process
1: we've got to understand that government agencies and their friends in in the inner city mainstream media They don't think anyone should have guns except them. And so therefore, why do they want a system that's effective? They don't really. They just want to keep increasing restrictions rather than have a regulatory or firearms management or firearm system that works like some countries in Europe and other places have. They don't want to do that because if they do that, it undermines their thing that guns are bad and we don't like them and whether that's a air gun or a I mean why do we even have licensing for air guns they're not firearms they are under the law but they're not in real mm-hmm. terms so dealing with that on an ongoing basis I think for shooters they've got to understand that they whatever that comes out of the mouth of these people their underlying thing is they don't like guns it would like. It would be very much like having someone that hates motor vehicles in charge of vic roads that's pretty much where we're at in all the different states and and i don't mean that necessarily on the bureaucrats some of them do some don't but certainly at the political level and a media level the media's got the politicians scared to come out and say anything positive and they're not willing to have a logical discussion. They only want to have an emotional or an irrational discussion. Mm-hmm.
0: Having um, the wrong people in charge of of agencies is is a problem because there there would be a view that you can't have a shooter in charge of of firearms policy or the registry, which is akin to saying, well, you don't you really don't want somebody who knows anything about medicine to be in charge of a of a hospital or yeah. any or somebody who knows anything about aviation in charge of the aviation regulator. I mean, that's just
1: well, exactly. Uh, it, it, it's it's well. It's an important subject, and and despite mm. the fact that the media would say we don't care about guns, say, we care about it more than anyone else, because a we're on the ranges, we're in place, or we're out hunting, where safety is critical. But also, every time there's a, a untoward criminal act that gets media attention, we cop the flak yeah. for no good reason. I mean, I defy anyone to show any. Incident that's happened in Australia that would have really been affected by laws, uh, the the, the type of laws we've had. We don't have common sense. We don't have ones. I mean, if you look at, say, things for pilots, um, things for other dangerous items, uh, many of them are actually rooted in some pretty common sense uh, approach. Hmm. Firearms, unfortunately, are very emotional and Shooters get emotional about it too because they're personal possessions. We take pride in them and we sometimes get a little too emotional ourselves in responding and we yell and jump up and down and, and occasionally go to do that. But realistically, we've got to push back consistently every time and it doesn't matter. If you don't own an antique but you live in it, Tasmania, you will need to write to the commissioner and say, or the minister and say, hey, what is this silliness? If if you're in Victoria and they're talking about bolt shotguns and and you don't own one, but, and I don't, uh, I mean, but I still think it's a terrible thing and we should write a a submission or a letter or whatever we need to do. And we need to do it as individuals and not just wait on organisations to do it for us.
0: This episode of Gun News Australia is brought to you by Politics Reloaded. Make sure you follow our podcast or simply join our email list at politicsreloaded.com. This leads straight on to, I think, the, uh, the, the thing I really wanted to get to, which is what do we do about it? And I think you could look back at the history of efforts in the past to to deal with these sort of issues and say, well, whatever it is, has it hasn't worked uh, if we're doing the wrong thing uh, or something like that? I, I'm, I'm not convinced. I think that if you were to pick up a book about what you do fix a political problem you'd actually list the things that we've been doing but i don't think we've done enough of it or consistently enough or that we've persevered enough i'm making assumptions there. maybe there is stuff that we should be doing we haven't done but i'm really thinking that uh, i mean we talk about lobbying we talk about writing uh to to mps that kind of thing so i think they're the right they're the right things but but that we haven't stopped we haven't stopped the problem The question is, well, there's a disconnect, where do we fix it?
1: We haven't stopped the problem, you're right. And uh, it's sort of irritating, depressing, whatever you want to call it. I can say this from a point of some knowledge of over the last 15, 20 years, that if individual shooters and organisations had not pushed back and could some have done better, yes, and some have done worse, yes, I'm not singling anyone but if in general there hadn't been pushback you would already have far worse Mm. laws Uh, the amount of laws that have been stopped or prevented because of the pushback is I don't know how many but it's it's lots and lots and lots and it's a sensitive subject and we've got to always be able as uh, members of the firearms owning community we've got to be able to not sling off at each other, not yell at each other. Yes, we don't have to agree on every little thing, but you know what we do agree on is we don't like being pushed around. We don't like bullies yeah. and we don't like nonsensical laws that are not evidence-based. If you can show most people a good evidence base for things, most of them will actually go, oh, okay, I can get that. But people, there's no evidence base. And so writing letters, going meet with apologies does work. People think it doesn't work because they don't get the response they want then. But every time you do it, it makes it less likely that politician is going to do something in the future. You can always ignore what a politician says. For the most of them, when their mouth's moving, they're lying. So they don't, you know, some of them that's not true, but many of them it is. They're never going to admit that you influenced them. But trust me, you get a, a... politician in Victoria or any other state that gets 100 letters or 1,000 letters or has 20 people lined up outside his his or her office to sit down with him and say, hey, I don't like this, uh, trust me, they think a lot harder about it next time around. It's like a union negotiation. If you think of it like that, a union goes in and they push back on certain things. Maybe they say they want five bucks more an hour, but they can live with three. Hmm. And and it's kind of we've got to be like that. We've just got to continue. I know it's frustrating and I know people, all they want to do is they want to go to the range and have a shot or go hunting and have a shot or go shoot a tin with their family on the weekend or something. You're plinking. I, I understand that. And you don't want to get into politics. Unfortunately, we live in a society. If you own a firearm or you want to own a firearm, you have to become political. There is no... You can ignore that, but the reality is you have to. And you are politicised. You need to let your local member know that they've got firearm owners in their community and that you're happy to support anyone. And you need to let them know you're happy not to support them as well. And put your money where your mouth is. Don't do that and then go vote for them anyway because Dad always voted for X party or Mum. You know, be willing to make it change. And, and it's the rusted-on voters, unfortunately, that keep them doing these things. Mm. We've only got to look at how quickly they will jump on your freedom. You're in the perfect state. The Commissar Dan down there during COVID. I mean, the world was watching what happened. And anyone that thinks it's okay to have armed police shooting people in the back with rubber bullets because they object to a government policy, whatever that may be, perhaps they should move to China. Uh, yeah. But it, it, it it's not just guns. It's its this whole attitude. But if people, if those politicians know that there's there's a pushback out there, polite and everything else, you don't have to scream about it, but you just tell them, hey, do that and I'll never vote for you again or do this and I will vote for you or whatever. Have a discussion. Get your local politician out to the range. Invite them out. Have a barbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get them to try a shot. Take them clay shooting or shoot a shooter, twenty-two pistol or something. Something. And, and you'll get an amazing result. But will it be the result, oh, they're going to get rid of all the laws? No. But you'll get some more common sense. And I think if all 1.2 million licensed shooters started doing that, I think you'd i don't think i know you would see a big shift in this country towards more common sense approach i'm not saying no regulation i'm I'm saying workable regulation that's evidence-based that has an effect background checks and things like that not the silliness we saw even just a few days ago with that pump action stuff or yesterday with the tasmanian police commissioner deciding she's going to do her version of silly walks
0: Make sure we choose. T- I'll, I'll be, I've got the same letter, so I'll, I'll yeah. be having a look at that in the next few days, too. Uh, Graham, I think at this stage, it's probably about as far as I might go on this one. We're going to be covering uh, more on what tutors can do just a little bit later on, but that's probably going to require a bit more time. So I might leave it at that for today. Uh, again, bang on pretty much half an hour. So look, Graham, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you very much for having me on. All right. And, um, Thanks everybody for, for joining us again this Friday. We'll uh, be next next Friday. We've got an interview with uh, a MP uh, from one of the major parties, which um, which we're broadcasting. So, uh, Graham Park, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you later.
1: Thank you, Neil.
0: Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and that you're on our email list. And don't forget to check the episode notes, because that's where you'll find out how you can support us. Plus, let us know if you want something promoted on the podcast. Maybe you've got a shoot coming up that you want to promote. Just let us know. We'll see you at the next episode of Gun News Australia, brought to you by Politics Reload.